What's up, everyone? Welcome back to What Did They Know podcast. Today, the guys will recap all the action from week seven and discuss which teams are contenders and which teams are pretenders. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what is going on, everybody. Welcome to week seven on the What Do They Know podcast. My name is Nick Hoskins. My buddy Jeff Garcia is here with me as always. Um, what's going on, man? How are you? Let's talk about your week for a minute. <laughs> Specifically the beginning of the week. Monday, Philadelphia. Yeah, so it's a sports podcast. It's not a baseball podcast, right. but I don't care. We're going to talk about it. It's our show. So, right. Um, for those who don't know, <laughs> Jeff decided to take a road trip up to Philadelphia for game one of the National League Championship Series against it was the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Right. Drove up by yourself, bought a ticket last minute, just kind of went and did it. Yeah. Um, so tell us about it. How was it? No, the whole experience was fun. I mean, being a baseball fan, um, one of the few things you hear about is the Phillies' uh, home advantage and all the fans. Philadelphia are, in yep, general, yep. right? Philadelphia sports. <laughs> yeah, and whether they're as violent or as ruckus as they say they are. and What's well, the verdict? Uh, no, they were they were actually very chill people, to, uh, to, at least to me. I mean, obviously, you're getting, when you go to an opponent's um, home turf, you should expect to be heckled. Did you wear your Diamondbacks gear? Yeah. Good Corbin Carroll good jersey, for good for you. This hat, as seen on TV, I, I was, <laughs> I was shown on TV with. Uh, if you zoom Perdomos. way in, <laughs> if you zoom way in, the one guy with his hands up, yeah. that's me. Um, during Perdomo's uh, home run, so I mean, yeah, I, I had my whole D-backs outfit there. I stood up for the whole game. Um, yeah. Apparently, Phillies fans, that's what I heard Phillies fans do, is they stand up for the whole game. That's um, how it is when I went to the Bills game last year against the Jets. Was it? We, we stood the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, they, they sit between innings, but, like, during actual game gameplay, they they stand right back up, and everybody's waving their towels, whether that's in my face or <laughs> or wherever. But, obviously, when you whenever you go to an opponent's uh, home field, you should be you should expect to be heckled. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So, it, it's just being mentally prepared for that where you're not going to get offended by every single little thing and every every chirp that's uh, blown your way, um, you'll have a fun time, yep. like I did. So um, from little kids to grown adults, I, I heard it I heard it all over there. So um, I, overall, the experience was was very fun. That's awesome. I'm, so. glad, I'm glad you got I'm glad you went, even though they lost. Right, right. Um, I'm sure that was I'm sure that was a ton of fun. So, right. Cool. Um, do you have a random thought for us this week? <laughs> it was actually tying in with the whole oh, thing. Oh, really? Look it at was, that. Was, uh, Un- unplanned. People. Unplanned. That's right. It was uh, fan etiquette at live events. Just okay. um, w- what you can and shouldn't do and what you shouldn't do. Okay. Um, obviously, with, with how Philadelphia treated me, they, I felt like there was a lot of things that they did that I wish Arizona did. Like standing up for the whole game, especially during a postseason game. Game. I think that's very important for, yeah. for the atmosphere. Um, obviously you see on TV, Chase Field, uh, Arizona fans in general don't, aren't really necessarily that heavy on the, the, the fanatic side of, of the whole sport thing. But I mean, Arizona Diamondbacks have only been around since like 98. So yep. uh, it's understandable f- for now, but yeah, as, what you can't say, I guess. And uh, I'm not, I personally don't care what you, what you say to me. My, but where I draw the line is basically physical. Oh, um, no doubt. Don't touch me. Yeah. Like, I got yeah. my personal space. Yeah. Like, with the whole towel waving thing in my face, I let it go a little bit. But there's, like, a little short dude right next to me. And he waved it, like, in my in my face quite a few times. And, like, I just stared him down <laughs> after it, like, hit me, like, for, like, the 10th time. I was like, dude, you got, like, you got all this arm space over here. 
aim it that way. And he, he kind of got the message after that. So as long as you don't physically like, berate me i'm okay with it yeah i mean i remember very vividly my dad and i went to a angels and yankee game like a random game on like a an august you know <laughs> not not the playoffs not right in anaheim and those fans surprisingly were brutal anaheim brutal mm. like probably i mean it, it was shockingly bad mm-hmm. you don't think of anaheim as like a big baseball town right and they were um, it doesn't help <laughs> that the Yankees got smoked that game, but I'll never forget. We were walking up the stairs, my dad and I to leave. It was like probably the eighth inning. We had to drive all the way back to Mesa after. So we left, we left early. It was again, I think the eighth inning and, and like mm-hmm. one guy like stuck his hand in my dad's face and waved at him, like, like almost touched his nose with his fingertip. Right. And my dad stopped dead in his tracks and just stared at the dude and said, do not touch me again. Right. And, and we just kept on walking. And right. I, and so I agree with you. I think that there's a line there like you like you don't 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 touch. Right. We are, we all have our personal space type of thing. And it's crazy how many fights we're seeing nowadays on social media that's at exact, sporting events. That's exactly why it I is, brought the whole. It's baffling thing. to yep. me. Like I am. I consider myself to be a diehard fan. Right. But I am not getting into fist fights. No, no, absolutely not. I, I was telling one, uh, one of the fans next to me, I was like, man, listen, man, <laughs> I paid good money for these tickets, especially for a postseason ticket. I'm <laughs> I, not going to that. watch the whole game. <laughs> yep. I, I like, I don't care if the D-backs get blown out or anything. I'm, I'm here for the full nine innings, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I'm not getting kicked out of this game. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. Um. I'm. I mean, obviously, I drove down there five, six, six and a half hours due to traffic and whatnot. So I was not going home early, um, for that game. But yeah, it's just one of those. Also, another thing, I guess, with you being Yankees fans, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like just sure. just the organization. Probably. Like obviously, being a D-backs fan, being from the West, uh, Phillies being from the East, we we don't interact with each other during the year so there's no sort of like rivalry or anything like that so i guess maybe if i was like a Braves fan or something i'd probably get heckled a hundred times worse than what i did so it, yeah to me I, it was I think, still i think that's a great point yeah it's for me it's still one of those things where just expect to be hassled verbally but physically if you're a fan and you see an opponent it's off limits yeah just just don't yeah and if, if you're going to get mad at a game to, to the point you're physical, just stay home. Right. Just stay home. Right. Uh, yep. That, that was my random thought. Awesome. I love it. All right. So we will kick it off with our top stories. There was a lot that happened in week seven. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's, we, we could have a very long show if we really wanted to tonight just because there was a lot of um, big games, a lot of, again, a couple upsets. Right. Um, some more parity in the NFL right. as we go on and on. So kick us off for, for what you have. So for me, this extends even beyond this week. So um, my number one story is the, the officiating and um, the calls that are going, that are deciding games at the very end of the end of the game. Um, obviously, today you had um, what game was it? The Colts and Colts and the Browns. Browns that game, was just an atrocity. Yep, you had two final. Um, I guess an illegal contact and then a defensive pass interference at the end of that to to give the Browns the ball at the one. Um, Last week you had the Bills, I guess on Monday night, um, <laughs> getting away with a with a hold or whatever. Is a clear hold yep. on Darren Waller. The last play of the game yep. should have been pass interference. They should have gotten an, a second untimed down right at the one. Yeah, it, um, and then even clear, clear, like no way you could sit there and argue that it's not right pass interference, right or holding it at minimum. 
Yeah, and then it extends back to. Um, I'm sorry to bring this up, but the Jets and the Chiefs back when uh, <laughs> when the Chiefs were driving, and all of a sudden there was something happening, and then of course when the interception happened, they, threw, the Jets, the, they threw the they, flag. After. They threw the flag after the pick. Right, right, right. So it, it changed the game. Yep, it's it's been going an ongoing thing. I, obviously, this isn't new for for this NFL season, but I feel like it's a lot more apparent yep. um especially because there's a lot more parity as you said in the nfl so a lot of these games are coming down to the wire so all, every every call is big um and it's it's deciding games i mean obviously it's it's a double-edged sword where yes there's more closer games and there's more parity in the league but at the same time it's it's leaving a big uh black eye on the nfl with all these officiating calls um deciding <laughs> the end of the games um for me personally i've always held the nfl as the hardest sport to kind of judge because it's it's just so fast but that that's also why i have the nfl referees kind of at the bottom of the of the totem pole when it comes to officiating uh, along with nba that that's fast sport um but yeah it's just one of those things where yeah i get it it's hard to to sit and to make calls here and there and if you're going to call it make a call here at a certain point in the game you might as well call at the end of the game but at the same time, it, you want to let the teams play. I feel like part of the problem is it's so subjective. Like mm-hmm. when you're an NFL referee, yeah, there's like no... was that holding? Was that pass interference? Like versus like because I was having a conversation with my dad while he was here this week. Like the when you compare Major League Baseball umpires mm-hmm. to NFL referees, it's no contest, right? Major the baseball umpires hands down are a million times better. Oh, absolutely. But I think it could be because. Was he out or was he safe? Yes or yes or no. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's so simplistic. Correct. When it comes to baseball, I think the biggest thing that I guess umpires have to deal with is balls and strikes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's literally it. And they're even they're even talking about getting rid of the the whole home plate umpire thing with, with calling balls and strikes. Yep. So going robotic with that. But oh, there's uh, the the the, the brotherly push. the brotherly shove yeah. is what they're calling it. Here's the first one of the of the, uh, of the night the in Sunday night football. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing my dad brought up, which is a really good point. MLB umpires, that's their full-time job. Mm -hmm. NFL umpires, or (laughs) excuse me, NFL referees. This is like a part-time gig for them. Um, I think you're going to continue to get this sort of content or this sort of results from Mm -hmm. your refs until you put them on the payroll, you up their salaries and you start fining them. Right. Right. Like, uh, players mouth off. They do something wrong. They get fined. Yeah. A referee makes a mistake and maybe they get sent like a private memo during the week saying, Hey, yeah, unheard of you from messed us. up. Yep. Yeah. We never and hear so anything about it. It has to be like, there has to be some sort of level playing field. Like right. umpi- referees have to be held to a higher standard. Right. Because they're making, st- they're making mistakes left and right. I mean, uh, you know, a running, running joke or not really a joke in the world of jets fans on social media is that they have not the Jets have not gotten a rough in the passer call on one of their quarterbacks since 2021, and that's, that's they they game. handed out they handed out fines for all the games last week. Uh-huh. And um, I think his name is Josh Sweat. He's a defensive end for the for the for the Eagles. Right. He got fined sixteen thousand dollars for a low hit on Zach uh, Zach Wilson uh-huh. that was not called. It should have been a roughing should have been rough in the passer. Right. And so there's just I mean, not to make it all about the Jets, but like that's just a prime example of like if calls that just don't get made or are getting made in the wrong moment. Right. Obviously, you have your premier players at every position. And I guess if, I'm not sure if officials make a, 
a conscious effort to protect those players or if they're told right. to make a conscious effort to right. protect those players. So obviously that's that's the thing that we'll probably never get an answer to. Um, but at the same time, yeah, NFL referees are, <laughs> and I mean, this goes all the way back to the NFC championship game with the Saints and the, and the Rams back with that whole pass interference, oh my basically gosh. tackled the guy. Yeah. Before. <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things where obviously you want to have the referees, I guess, be protected, but at, to the point where they're deciding games to at their own whim it, it it's gone to the point where it's just it's being disgustingly i guess <laughs> subjective rather than objective yeah especially I mean, for a billion dollar uh industry for those who may not have seen the brown the end of the browns and the colts game browns were down oh, i think four or five with under 30 seconds to go mm-hmm. they're inside the 10 yard line um their quarterback uh pj 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 walker, walker Right. Um, gets the ball knocked out of his hands, fumbles, recovered by the Colts. Game mm-hmm. should be over. Right. They call an illegal contact, which if you piece the 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 replays together, it looks like the illegal contact happened after the fumble. After the fumble, so it shouldn't have even been shouldn't have even been a thing. Uh-huh. And then, like two or three plays later, the pass interference again. Walker literally threw the ball. It almost went in the stands. Right. It, it was like it, it hit the base of the stanchions, like five yards out of the end zone. There's mm. no earthly way that wh- I think it was Amari Cooper. There's no way that he could have caught the ball physically mm-hmm. impossible. And they called pass interference and gave them the ball at the one yard line. And then Kareem Hunt ended up doing, you know, one, right. one, one yard rush, rush. On, on fourth and goal. And they won the game. Right. That should not happen. Oh, I, and I mean, they, they, they have solutions for this where I guess theories where have an eye in the sky type of thing on a uh, sky judge that, views the replays and, and yeah. call calls in while they're while well, the referees are right. actually discussing the penalties. Might as well just say, Hey, I don't think this is a penalty or, or... they do that with turnovers. They do right. that with touchdowns. Right. Just do it with penalties. Exactly. I mean not everything. It doesn't have you know to be a I mean? challenge like, or anything. Right. I mean you obviously have someone it's a fast game, but if you have the technology to replay it and slow it down, I think you should take advantage of it. I mean obviously the refs are, are um getting together and conversing about it anyways. So I'm, I'm not sure what the holdup is with someone else from, from a replay booth to, to chime in yeah. saying, <laughs> I slowed this down. This should not be a penalty or something. Yeah. I feel like the, you know, just as to, to sum it up, I feel like this year far away is, is the worst it's been in a while. Yeah. I feel like it grows apparent every year. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, every year that the NFL gets more, uh, more equal, these calls will uh, be even more defining. Yep. Yep. So uh, that leads me to number two, and that will be Deshaun Watson's injury coming off the, uh, that same game um, with, the, uh, with the Colts and, and the Browns. Um, at this point, I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm not sure what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he was knocked out of the, in the first quarter, I believe, Yep. Uh, today's game. Um, with, but, so he was knocked out for a concussion or, right. or, or he, he went concussion testing. Right. But he passed. Right. He so, passed. Um, so from what I heard is, is uh, Stefanski, uh, the head coach of the Browns, he said that he didn't want to um, jeopardize Deshaun Watson to get more hits on that shoulder. Um, and But he, he did say that Watson <laughs> is sure to be the starting quarterback next week um, against Seattle. But at the same time, what do you what do you mean? Like, that makes no sense to me. That's the first I've heard that. Right. Why are you keeping your quarterback out of the game because of a hit that he might take? Like, right. it's football, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, so um, I'm not sure what's going on, whether they're 
I guess, at ends about how severe this injury is that Sean Watson has. Obviously, Sean Watson has that fully guaranteed contract. Yep. So that's always a, a point of discussion when he sits out due to injury. Um, he has nothing to lose, really. Yeah. Um, the Browns do. Um, but, I mean... For the Browns, I guess there's a sense of urgency because this is kind of the year where you have to take advantage of, of, of really good defense that you're you're displaying. Obviously, the Colts yeah. kind of put up points on them today, but at the same time, they've been holding it down for for a good while. Miles um, Garrett had a big game today, um, so you have the pieces there to contend this year. So Deshaun Watson being available is is a huge deal for the Browns. Yeah, and it's something that, and this could be a totally incorrect source so i'm gonna just preface this with that but i read it was it was after i think it was week three it was the first game that that um deshaun watson missed so either week three week four something like that Mm -hmm. um so he he, i i read that he was cleared by the doctors to play that game right and then he he, he said he couldn't go right which (laughs) whatever like you do you that's the first i've ever heard of that Mm -hmm. i've never heard of a guy getting cleared and saying like nope can't do can't, it. Can't make it work, guys. Yep, can't go. I'm going to sit this one out. I've never heard that. Right. Now, you know, whatever. Again, you do you. It's your health. It's your body. But it's a shoulder, right? It's not like we're talking about a head injury. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so I think it's a huge question mark. This whole Deshaun Watson situation, you know, we, we talk about all the time. Russell Wilson's contract and his trade just gets chewed apart. Mm-hmm. This This is getting to the point where it could be the worst trade and the worst contract ever given. Right. If oh, it continues to go like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Fully guaranteed. Obviously <laughs> those don't, how many of those are in there? Are there in the NFL? Just the one, <laughs> just, think, just yeah, the Sean Watson. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it'll be the first and last. Probably. Personally. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. This is the reason why the NFL does not want fully guaranteed contracts. Obviously baseball has them. Um, but, um, the NFL, there's just too much potential for injury, uh, too much potential to exaggerate injuries um, for the player. And, and we're seeing an example of uh, Deshaun Watson <laughs> basically being being like, I got mine. Um, I'm not going to put my body at risk and my future at risk um, for, for the sake of an organization that paid me <laughs> my money. Yep. So it's upsetting to watch. I, I hope there's actually some legitimacy to the injury. Um, but obviously with the fully guaranteed contract and him being cleared to play, it, it just doesn't look good yeah. for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right. So my first story is the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. Um I, I don't know what's going on with them. They are so confusing to me. Right. You think about what was it three weeks ago now, four weeks ago, they had that huge win against Miami. Mm-hmm. They looked dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think it might just come down to the simple fact of like, they can't keep up with their injuries. Right. Um, cause they've lost, you know, they lost Dravius white. They lost Matt Milano. They've lost, uh, Ed Oliver didn't play today. There's another guy in the defensive line who I can't think of who is out for the season. Mm. Um, so they are, they are down significantly, but it's not even the defense that I really have a problem with right now. It's the offense. Right. They, they just look clunky, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, they, they should, let's be real. They should have lost to the giants on Sunday night football. Um, if, if Tyrod Taylor hadn't mismanaged the clock in the first half, right. They would have been a kick, would have been able to kick a game winning field goal and the Bills should have lost. Right. Um, so mark that as an L and then today 
they had no business even being in that game against the Pats <laughs> for the majority of the game. I was so glad that the Pats came back and won, not because I have anything against the Bills, but because I watched that whole game and they just simply did not deserve to win. Uh-huh. They didn't play well. The yeah, Pats came out and stuck it to them. And at one point it was, I want to say it was 22 to 10, mm-hmm. 22 to 10 right. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Against the the Pats who, yeah, the, who have just been blown out the last th- several weeks yeah, have the, looked horrible. And the Bills, who were, had, were a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, mm-hmm. were down 12 points with like under 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, Josh Allen threw a pick his first throw of the game. Um, you know, I, Stephon Diggs, he had that late touchdown, but prior to that, I think he only had like five targets. Um, so their offense is just not – it's just not clicking. Clicking, right. Um, and so I'm really curious. They have a Thursday night game against the Bucks. I think that they could very easily lose. Right, um, yeah. If they continue to play like this. So – Again, I feel like they are a team that can flip it on as quickly as they flipped it off mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, but they are they are officially confusing to me mm-hmm. um, because I thought after that win against the Dolphins, they had kind of righted the ship, right? Um, and we're gonna kind of just as- ascend, continue to ascend from there, and it's been the polar opposite. Um, they should be on a three game losing streak, um, but it, and, uh, instead, it's you know they've they've lost two out of three, right? Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what happens from with them from here on out. Yeah, it looks like they were like an emotional high from that uh, Miami game. It's, from there, they what, went to London after that and then yep. uh, came back, almost lost to the Giants on Monday night and then lost today to the Pats. And yeah, when it became 22 to 10, I, I was watching that game. And then the commentators said that the 22 points were the most that the Pats scored all season. Yeah. So I was like, what? Ha! Against that defense, the Bills defense, who has come out and showed out, basically. I mean, I think they're like the number two scoring defense on fantasy football. Yep. Um, obviously, that has nothing to do with um real life football, but at the same time, it's at least some sort of translation there. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, yeah, the, the, we just kind of discussed their offensive, I guess, limitations and our divisional breakdowns with just Stephon Diggs kind of being their main thing. But then after that, it kind of is a is a big drop off. Um, but yeah, it's, they just need somebody else to step up. Gabe Davis had like one catch today. Um, he, so he, he's more of a slot guy mm-hmm. number three type of receiver. There's no, there's no clear cut number two, um, Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox. Um, he, he's not that number one tight end that Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews is going to be, um, Dalton, yeah, Dal- K- Dalton Kincaid, Kincaid had much more of a yeah. role today. Yeah. He, he, he kind of broke out today. Um, what his role is in the future. I'm not sure if it's going to be consistent enough to warrant to be a number two um, receiving threat behind, behind Diggs, Yeah. It's just definitely one of those things where if that Allen to Diggs connection, isn't working right off the bat, it's, it's probably going to be a long day, a long day for, for that bills offense. Uh, Obviously James cook does what he can, but that, that bills offense hasn't had a run game, a sustainable run game for a very long time. I feel like Uh, even going back to the days of, um, CJ Spiller, um, Devin Singletary, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's just one of those things where, where's the offense going to come from? It's, it, you don't want it to come off come from Josh Allen all the time, because then that means he's running the ball and he's putting himself in, in positions where he's going to probably get hurt eventually. Or he's playing hero ball. Yeah. And he's playing hero ball. Mistake. And, yep. Fumble the ball, throw interceptions, stuff like that. That's where the mistakes come from. So well, whether Kincaid steps up into that number two role, that's to be seen. But right now it's just, it's it's digs it's digs offense to to control really yeah the offense the offense has problems and i think you know 
uh, one thing I was shocked about. So I, when when the Bills took the lead with under two minutes left, mm. I was like, okay, like they they won, right. they, they pulled it out. It pissed me off. Yeah, they stole one. Um, right. But then they led. They let the Pats go seventy five yards in under two minutes mm-hmm. and and score a touchdown and win the game. Right. When's the last time you've seen the Bills? let a drive like that go in crunch time. I mean, other than <laughs> the last week against the Giants. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, it's just two weeks in a row where their two-minute defense, their defense that notoriously steps up, gets that big turnover, gets that makes that big play, has basically relinquished mm-hmm. and let the teams drive right down the field. Now, again, I think that it's they just don't have the tools anymore. I think they are just that injured right. that – their defense is is exposed, right? Um, so I think they they have some work to do. Yeah, we, um, yeah. We talked about it when Tre'Davious White went down, um, but then Matt Milano went down even to even further um, exaggerate that those injuries in the in the defensive side of the ball. And it, at this point, it's just it's, you're just trying to put glue on on the whole thing, yep, and hope, hoping <laughs> you can uh, somehow escape from these games unscathed. But yeah, it's going to be rough seeing how. Um, they they move forward. Yep. Agreed. Yep. All right. So we are going to shake things up this week. Oh, no, wait. I have one more over. I have one more story. Yeah, one more story. All right. right. Yep. The Baltimore Ravens, the their Ravens. offense finally showed up and did what I thought they were going to be capable of doing mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, they put up, what was it, 35 points, 38 points. 38 to uh, 6. 38 to 6 on the 5-1 and one Detroit Lions. Right. Um, that surprised the heck out of me today. Absolutely. I had the lions like that was a very quick, easy pick for me. Or mm-hmm. so I thought was the lions over the Ravens. Right. That was and, my upside of the week last week. <laughs> I mean, they dominated on both sides of the ball to give up only six points to, to, to Detroit and then to score 38 when they've been, you know, in the 15 to 20 range all season. Um, I was really, really surprised. I mean, Lamar finally had that game this week. He mm-hmm. finally balled out. Right. Um, I think it was the the game again. It was the game I had been waiting for with them. Right. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the Lions, I mean, I, I don't know where to put it. I, I I would probably just put it in the dryer. It's a clunker. It's, I agree. It's, it's that it game. It tells me this game. I was, was going to say the same thing. This game tells me way more about Baltimore, right. than it does about the Lions. Right. Absolutely. Like Detroit's still very good. Yes, I, I feel agreed. they will agreed. rebound from this. No problem. It's just one of those things where it's. I feel like every team ha- has this sort of week every year um, where you just don't have answers to, to <laughs> what's happening. Yep. And it, everything is just inexplicable to you at the time. Um, but as for the Ravens, yeah, I, Lamar Jackson looked really good tonight. Uh, today. Um, I feel like he had a lot more conviction with his throws rather than panicking and then just um, carrying the ball and running the ball. Um, obviously, he would be more lateral with the line of scrimmage, still going through his progression and going through his reads, trying to find the open receiver. He had a lot more um, conviction with that. Um, But yeah, I think it's taken some adjustment for him to kind of determine whether he should run or pass when when he scrambles out of the pocket. But I think he's starting to to really have a good feel about when, when he should do uh, either or. Um, But yeah, this, this is the type of offense that uh, Monken wanted to implement um, with the Ravens, it's more pass heavy with Lamar Jackson rather than run. So in order to protect them, um, but yeah, he spread the ball quite a bit today. Jose Flowers, Odell Beckham, Odell Bateman. Beckham looked good for the first time probably all season. Yep, 
Bateman, Andrews, I mean, the whole receiving core really got involved in, in, inside that uh, pass off. There's no clear-cut number one receiver right yeah, now in, agreed. in Baltimore. You could so. argue Mark Andrews is the number one. Right, right, the number one target. Um, but at the same time, it's it, it's a very efficient offense when it's uh, when it's working. Yep. So, yep. yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, yeah, so I was, you know, obviously I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so that was encouraging for me to see for, <laughs> for my prediction. Because right. huh. I'm feeling pretty good about the Niners as part of that. The other, the other, half other half. right? Um, but all right. So now we are going to get to our new segment. We are going to take a break this week from the our overreactions, our prisoner of the moment segment, right? Um, and we are going to do some contender or pretenders. Contenders, pretenders. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you some teams. I'll give you their records. We'll talk about some of the games they've had in the past couple weeks. Oh, it's that time of year. And yeah, we'll we won't do this every week, but right. we'll probably you know every three four weeks. Yeah, um, I feel like we have enough of a sample size so far to kind of make a determination. Yeah, um, like at, at least halfway. right now. Right. Um, so the first team, I I I'm baffled by this team. Okay. I don't know how they are even in this conversation. Okay. Um, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers. They are four and two. <laughs> they beat the Rams today in LA, twenty four seventeen. It wasn't anything flashy. Um, they did get Deontay Johnson back today, mm-hmm. which I think helped overall their offense, and it helped um, Kenny Pickett. Right. Um, but they are they are this team that like you never hear anything about. They just win. They win ugly. I know. Um, it's, it's... And they're I mean, don't look now. They're a game behind the Ravens. Yeah, they're for, four and two. Yeah, they're four and two. It's inexplicable to me. Inexplicable to me because like I, I had the Steelers finishing last in that division, but that's a tough division. Overall, and obviously, when you play each other, things happen. But when you play outside the division, I think that's kind of where you see the toughness of that AFC North kind of really uh, take a stranglehold on their opponents. And we saw that today with the with the Rams. Um, yeah, Mike Tomlin, man, you can never say enough about oh, Mike Tomlin. He's the man. He, he, he's <laughs> obviously everybody can count him out due to lack of talent, lack of whatever. Um, obviously, you got Kenny Pickett there in quarterback play. Uh, not the most experienced, but he had at least a year of, of play last year. But Mike Thomas still has those guys churning out W's over there. But for me, I'd probably consider them a pretender for now. Uh, I, th- I, I think I think that team's just way too def- defense-driven. Obviously, defense wins championships, but offensive <laughs> offense wins you games. Um, a type of ideology there. And I just don't think they have the, the offense to kind of – overcome the offensives they're, they're going to be playing in the in the playoffs like kansas city and and um any any of the ravens for instance come a playoff environment i just don't think they have the defense or the offense to keep up with uh the points those teams would score score against them yeah i i i i agree but i feel like we're stupid for saying that yeah you know what i mean like i feel like we're gonna we could do a soundbite of ourselves <laughs> saying hey remember when you said that they were pretenders and now they're in the playoffs <laughs> Like I just feel like that's bound to happen, right? Just based off the way that they're winning so far. But yeah, we'll... maybe they'll go to the playoffs and they'll win exactly how they're winning now, and that's uh, that's being defensive, uh, defensively capable of holding their opponents and causing tor- turnovers and maybe even scoring a touchdown defensively. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, <laughs> I I just can't see them going that deep in the playoffs without a potent offense. Oh, like you said, Deontay Johnson may be coming back. We'll, we'll give them a little bit more creativity and a little bit more openness on that playbook. But as for now, I I, I think the other some other teams in that AFC um, have a little bit of a leg over them yep. uh, offensively. Yep, I agree. So uh, switching gears to the NFC real quick, we're going to do the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, the Falcons. Uh, four and three. Um, <laughs> I feel like, again, they're very similar. 
Um, the I feel same like thing as nobody, nobody wants the NFC South. No, nobody wants to take hold of it. Right. Um, today I thought the Tampa Bay was going to come out and kind of, kind of show out and kind of take that stranglehold on the division. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Nope. Um, Atlanta walk off field goal. You know that three out of their four wins have been game winning field goals. Young Hoku. Yep. Young Hoku. Yep. Today, 51 yard field goal. So they're four and three. Um, they have a half game lead in the NFC South. And I mean, the Saints and the Bucks are still right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Car- I mean, by Carolina, you're, 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 you're gone. Yep. Um, he gone. <laughs> he gone. But um, what do you think on the Falcons? Uh, well, before I love it to them, I'll, I'll just come out and say pretender. Um, uh, contender for the for the NFC South title. Okay. Um, All right. But pretender for the actual, like, you know, and it's coming out of the NFC, going to the Super Bowl. And winning the Super Bowl itself, that, that that's where I have it. Um, obviously, the other NFC South teams are kind of in a, kind of like an identity crisis. I feel like offensively and, and defensively, big I, time identity I, I, crisis. Yep, you know, I feel like but specifically with the Saints. Oh, absolutely. I feel like they they can never have both sides of the ball show out at the same time, except I guess in New England. But even offensively, they they weren't potent or, or ex, extra extraordinary or any superlative that you can uh, say for an offense. It's just one of those things where your defensive really uh, chokehold in um, that Patriots uh, offense. And I mean, the Patriots offense were just in a bad place during that time. Um, but right now the Bucks and, and the Saints, I, I just, it, it's going to be a three-way race throughout the whole season. Um, it's just whoever can make the least amount of mistakes. I feel like is, is going to be the one to make it out of that, uh, with the title there, but yeah, pretender for now. Yeah. I need to see a dominant win for them. I'm not even willing to say that they're a contender for the NFC South yet. Personally, Mm -hmm. I know they have a half game lead. I still think it's going to come down to the bucks or the saints. Yeah. I have way more faith in Derek Carr figuring it out than I do in Desmond Ritter Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. Um, and I would even, I would even say that, you know, me, my, my Baker's my boy. I'd even say the same for him over, over Desmond Ritter. I'm just not, I'm not buying him yet, right? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pretender for them as well. Yeah, I, I feel like the defense is more consistent with Atlanta than the other two teams, and I feel like their offense. Yeah, this is the reason I feel like they're contenders for the for the South title is because their offense, even though it's not good, it's not a well old machine. I feel like they kind of know how to use. They have their uh, identity. Yeah, they they know what to do type of thing. I know they. Obviously, you have the whole Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson. Are you using them to their full extent? I don't think the answer is yes on that. But at the same time, I feel like they have a goal that they want to achieve, and they kind of have the weapons to do it. Like you have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, John New Smith at the tight ends position. I feel like you, you they do enough, and that's kind of what they want to do. Yeah. It's just enough so their, their defense can hold down the fort and they score enough points to, to edge out with the win. Uh, obviously, that's not a formula that's going to be that's going to carry you too far. But at the same right. time, it, it might be just enough for the NFC South title. Okay. Yep. So a team that we've already spoken about, and I honestly can't even believe that they're in this conversation for for the opposite reason of of the the Steelers, uh-huh. and that's the Buffalo Bills. Oh. Um, they're four and three. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they have the Dolphins ahead of them. They have the as far as the AFC East specifically, they have the Dolphins ahead of them. They have a, a half game lead on the Jets now, who are, are on a bye. They're three and three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Jets, as of right now, have the tiebreaker over them with that head to head victory. Right. Um, I feel like 
again, uh, we already talked about them. I'm, I'm flabbergasted with them. Right. Um, I don't know what to think right now. I, I still am going to say contender me personally. Yeah. Um, what are your, what are you thinking? I got to go contender because of my Super Bowl pick. I have no choice. In this, in this, <laughs> okay. I have no choice right. in this argument. That's fair. <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh uh, yeah. I need, I need them to show up kind of thing. I need them to adjust. Um, <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Come on, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they put themselves. I mean, whether it's fortune or misfortune, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the injuries just have just right. annihilated their their chances in a big way. Um, but I, I mean, the whole Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs connection has been their offense for a while. So why is it struggling now? Type of thing. That, yeah. That's like my whole thing. Like I, I feel like. They can still run that offense as long as someone like a Dalton Kincaid can come out and and at least pr- keep the defense honest somewhere else rather than Diggs. Um, it's going to be one of those things where defensively, can you find the right personnel and the right schemes to, I guess, hide your weaknesses now? Um, but for for now, I feel like they they have the potential for offensive explosions. Um, Still, they have still the potential, there. but it's not yeah. there. Well, right? well, That's what we talked yeah. about the first couple of weeks. Right. Is like they are, they're much less on the big explosive plays that they've had the last two or three years. Right. But it's more. It's taking them way longer to get down the field. They're actually having to have sustained drives. Right. To to get down to in the red zone, whereas years past you would have the forty or fifty yard bomb. Um, yep. with a quick score yep. time after time. And they just don't have that this year. Yep. It's like, a, it's going to be an adjustment for them, whether they can adjust <laughs> to make the proper adjustments to realize, are right, we going to get, they're not going to give us the 50 yard bomb down the field. we got to take it first down at a time, first down at a time, first down at a time. Well, whether they, they can do that. This is where that second weapon is going to have to come in because James cook, obviously he does what he can, but that running game ha- has its issues in itself. Um, they just need something where it keeps the defensive honest to come up front and then let those 50-yard uh, pass plays come into fruition later down the game. Yep. Um, all right. The last uh, – no, we have two more. Two more. Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They're three and three. Um, they've won, what, two in a row now mm-hmm. against the Cardinals and against the Seahawks. Um, Joe Burrow is starting to look more, you know, back to – Back to life. Mm-hmm. They still only what I think they put up seventeen points against the Seahawks last yeah, like week. Seventeen, thirteen, or something. Um, yep. I again, I feel like they're a team where you say contender just because it's Joe Burrow, right? And who they um, are, right? but I don't know that I'm buying that right now. Right. I think they might have too much competition in their division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to say, I'm going to say pretender. You're going to say pretender, which Ooh. shocks me, right? Yeah, I mean, what, they're like two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance? Yeah, yeah. So, AFC Championship last year. Yep, AFC Championship. It, obviously, they have the pedigree there. They have the, the experience. Um, coming, <clears throat> Winning two in a row, obviously, yeah, they have a little bit of steam going in the right direction. Um, I, I'll, go, I'll go contender for now just because you don't want to count out um, a team that's already been there right. and, and a team that knows right. how, to, how to win during that time of year. Um, but yeah, obviously we, we've gone into their issues quite a bit, uh, during our show and during, when they, they were struggling mightily, um, to their one and three start, um, it's going to be one of those things where, Ooh, is that a flake? Oh, he didn't throw it. He got sacked. Yep. But yeah, it's going to be one of those things where, whether the Bengals can, can overcome whatever issues is dwelling, whether that's Joe Burrow's calf, um, whether that's just Joe Burrow just 
going after Jamar Chase <laughs> the entire time yeah. rather than spreading it out to T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, defensively, I feel like they've they've kind of stuck defensively pretty well. It, it, it's, a, it's definitely one of those things where it's offensively, like a lot of these other teams that you have question marks about, which is which is weird. I mean, I feel like this used to be like an offensive-driven league where um, can your defense hold up and get you to the promised land, and now it's defenses are kind of balling out and can your offense do enough to score you enough points type of thing. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll go contender for now just because they're the type of team who has experience to, to know how to win. Okay. And then this last one is just for you. Oh no. The saints. Oh, I, didn't know. I, I felt like they're, I knew this. They're three happen. and four. Okay. <laughs> um, we both talked at length uh, before the season when we were doing our breakdowns of each division how highly we thought of the saints and how they were going to just roll mm-hmm. in the NFC South. Right. And it's been anything, but I told right. you before the show that, you know, cause I watched the entire Thursday night game against the Jags. Um, I have never seen Derek Carr that consistently animated mm-hmm. after almost every unsuccessful drive. Right. He was yelling at somebody, whether it was Dennis Allen wanting to go for it on fourth down, whether it was the offensive coordinator, whether it was Michael Thomas or, or, or Chris Olave one time didn't run the ro- the full route and he just lit into him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamara, you know, he went up on an option route instead of out. And it was a, just a ter- it ended up being like a terrible throw, but it was just because c- it was a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr was furious then. Mm-hmm. He's typically a mild-mannered guy on the field. Right. Um, love him off the field. He's a great guy. Huh. But he is just, you can just tell he is, I think, growing very impatient. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm, I, I don't remember ever seeing him like this. So I guess, you know, set, that's just my, my view on it. But what are your thoughts? Setting the table. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Right. Thank you for <laughs> discussing all of our problems. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, contender, pretender, more like an ender. They're going to end my life. Jeez. These guys just uh, offensively, they're frustrating to watch. They're, it's just one of those things where the, their offensive coordinator, I guess, got yelled at by Derek Carr last week. Not not this past Thursday, but the, the week prior. Um, it, it's, I feel like we discussed it coming into the, into the, into the season, Derek Carr had something to prove Yep, when he came out of the Oakland. And I feel like he's starting to feel that kind of, uh, narrative kind of slip away from him where now he's instead of being the solution, he's being part of the problem. Um, and, and kind of like, I guess, solidifying what Oakland fans saw or, or whatever they want to say, um, during his time in Oakland, uh, slash Vegas. Um, but yeah, it's, there's just all sorts of problems. Chris Olave not finishing routes. Michael Thomas, uh, I guess, doesn't have as secure hands as he used to. Used to. I mean, back with, when he had Drew Brees, anything around him he would catch 100 percent of the time. There's just like, oh, that's Michael Thomas. Oh, he's got he's got that 100 percent of the time. No, no, no worries whatsoever. Now it's it's just one of those things where I'm not sure whether it's miscommunication or it's just people kind of like giving up on the, on what they're doing offensively because yeah. they're just not believing in what they're putting out there. Everybody's off- just getting frustrated. Right. Right. It's just a culmination of everybody being frustrated and everybody not, not being sold on their role with the team. Obviously Chris Olave wants the ball a lot more. And like we said, like you've said a lot, a lot wide receivers or divas, they want the ball, whatever. Um, but yeah, Chris Olave is kind of showing that a lot more, um, apparently than Camaro or, or Michael Thomas, but 
it's gotten to the point where if Derek Carr's getting frustrated, that's when you know you got you got problems because, like you said, he's he's always been mild mannered. Um, he he kind of takes that those sort of issues behind closed doors, and I, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm not I'm not sure where it's going to go. Whether there's going to be a coaching firing sometime during the season or after the season, obviously after the season it's going to be probably too late. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I have no idea where where the team's going to go. Um, for now, I'll I'll go pretender for now, as much as it hurts me. Okay, thanks for that. Yep, yeah, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> Challenging. All my right, demons that was them. fun. Um, so we'll do that again in a few weeks. We'll pick a obviously some different teams based on what's going on, and huh, that was and, we'll, and we'll do that again. That was fun. I enjoyed that, um, especially the cry. Saints. Yeah, make me want to cry. All right, so now we are going to do our power rankings, um, and I will let you go first. Power ranking. I'm really, really wanting to rethink my power rankings as of the first half of the Sunday night game, but I'll I'll wait until. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so early. It's it's still not even halftime. Um, yeah, but the Eagles. So anybody not watching this game, the Eagles are giving it to the Dolphins, seventeen to three. Mm-hmm. They're dominating every statistical category. Oh yeah. Um, by a lot. Right. And so there's a minute and a half left in the second quarter. Um, and, and the Eagles are up big right now. So we'll see how this game ends. Right. I mean, coming into this game, I feel like both of us uh, were in agreement that Philadelphia hadn't showed us like that statement game, really. Correct. Um, this, they where, probably listened. Uh, the, the, yeah, they, they, listened they listened to, to the, the What Do the Nail podcast, <laughs> and they said, we need to show those guys our statement win. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> so um, Eagles fans, uh, you can. You're welcome. Yeah, you can thank us later. But um, number one, I still got the Dolphins there. Uh, obviously, their, their offensive uh, output is on historic levels um so as of right now and obviously it's not three points on the board but uh, the game's still not at halftime they're driving we'll see what they what they put up but honestly i'm not completely sold on it because the eagles for me still are, are a top five team so but dolphins number one i got the chiefs jumping up to number two okay they're winners of six in a row um and as long as they have Taylor Swift on the sideline, man, <laughs> I think they're they're in good hands. So number three, I got the 49ers. Okay. Um they play tomorrow, but um yeah, I I like what they're doing over there. So even if they're coming off a loss, we'll see. Um I think Debo Samuel's out for a little while. Yeah. Um next two weeks before next the next two weeks. And then McCaffrey, I think he's expected to play. So that's good news for for that team, especially <laughs> McCaffrey's basically the the engine of that team that offense so 49ers are three number four i got the eagles um so obviously this is a battle between two top four teams in my power rankings um but yeah anything can happen on that one and the number five i got the ravens coming up on uh, jumping over okay. the lines i dropped the lines out of my top my top five um obviously so yeah obviously they it's it's a clunker like i said it's a clunker it's something you 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 wash away they'll be back yeah they'll be back um but it, obviously, I can't. It's hard to keep you on there when you when you let up thirty eight and you yeah. scored six. Yeah. Um. So I got the Ravens at five. Okay. Um. Very similar. Well, actually, not that similar. <laughs> um. I have the Dolphins at one, like you. Uh-huh. Um. I have the Forty Niners at uh, up at two still. Okay. I still think that stylistically they would beat the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs finally had, you know, we talk about the we talk about the the Eagles needing a statement when the Chiefs kind of had that today. Mm-hmm. Um. I picked the Chargers to win. And that obviously didn't happen. The Chiefs looked really, really good today. So right. um, I have the Chiefs at three. Um, the Jags moved up to number four for me. The Jags. I, like Jag- I had them number five last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a tale of two games for them on Thursday. They came out rolling mm-hmm. um, in the first half. And then 
laid an egg in the second half until like that last drive when they really needed it. Right. Um, but you know, they showed, Oh, there's a touchdown. Yep. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. 17, 10 folks. There you go. Um, they showed that they can turn on their offense. They showed a glimpse of what it could look like against the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Ravens at five, the Raven, the Ravens moved up for me. So the lions fell out and yeah, the Eagles in there. I didn't have the Eagles in there last week because uh-huh. they lost to the jets. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's right. You they'll be back. Wanted. They'll probably be back in if they win this game. Right. Um, because again, I, I needed to see more from them. Right. Um, so yeah, dolphins, Niners, chiefs, Jags, Ravens for me. Okay. Um, but I think the Lions will be back. I think the Eagles will be back. It wouldn't even shock me if the Bills are back in there at some point. Right. Um, but they got a long way to go. Right. All right. So we are going to finish. Oh, we got one more studs. We're going to do our studs and duds from fantasy football perspective. So Mm -hmm. um, I got the studs this week. So there were actually a lot of really good performances um, from (laughs) quarterbacks. We had Lamar Jackson. Tell it to my team. Well, yeah. Except for, except for <laughs> except you. Well, no, I have a stud on your team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just wait oh, for it. Okay. Um, Lamar Jackson, 33.88 points. He had three passing touchdowns. Again, we talked about it. Finally showed a glimpse of what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes had a great game. He had 33.8 points as well. He had four touchdowns. Him and Kelsey just just blew up today. Mm-hmm. Um, showed how that they're a Hall of Fame combination. Oh, yeah. Um, running backs, Deontay Foreman from Chicago. He had three total touchdowns. I think it was two rushing and one receiving. Yep. Um, 33 points. Alvin Kamara from mm-hmm. your team, 12 catches for 91 yards. Um, he had 29 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a great game on Thursday. Checkdowns galore. Yeah. Yep. It sure was. Um, Josh Downs for receivers from the Colts, 125 yards and a touchdown. He had 23 points. Look at that. Making an appearance. Yeah. A rare Colts appearance on our list. Um, Puka again, 23.4 points, 154, um, yards, eight catches. Yeah. Anybody who had any worries about Cooper cup kind of taking over that offense. I, it's going to be one of those, um, mix and match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's it today type of thing yep. for the Rams. Um, Tight ends, Travis Kelsey. Again, we talked about him. He blew up today. He had 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he he and Mahomes just looked unstoppable today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Darren Waller, first time, I think, on the stud list. Darren Waller. Yep. Living up to the billing. Yep. Yeah, we've been hyping him, hyping him up all offseason. Seven catches, 98 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Side note real quick. I, I did this as one of my overreactions or not overreactions two or three weeks ago. And I think it's even more of a conversation now. What, what should happen when Daniel Jones is healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, they only scored 14 points today. They only scored what? 12 points last week. They didn't light the world on fire, right? But they're noticeably different. Uh, I think the biggest, one of the biggest differences is that he gets Darren Waller involved. involved. Um, the last two or three weeks, you cannot deny the numbers with, why am I blanking on his name? Tyra Taylor. Thank you. Tyra Taylor <laughs> versus Daniel Jones. The numbers for specifically for Darren Waller are like night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is one of the biggest things that you need to look at when contemplating whether or not to play Jones when he gets back. Right. Do you get your playmakers the ball? Correct. Daniel and Jones he does not. not has he not. does not. Tyrod right. is just so much quicker and so much more mobile, which you need with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he's more like... I, I guess convicted of about what he wants to do with the ball too. Agreed. Uh, like with Darren Waller. Agreed. And Saquon, Saquon Barkley, he got a receiving touchdown today. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I like Ty right there. Yep. So, yep. Um, and then defenses, uh, the uh, both teams you never ever hear on this list. The Bears, 
The who? Exactly. The, bear, <laughs> the Bears defense. The Bears. 18 points. They had three picks and a touchdown, defensive touchdown. And then the Giants. 15 points. They had a pick. They had a blocked field goal. And they had six sacks. I can... So two teams that I would never imagine will be on our stud list. They might not ever for the rest of the season. But hey, they made it. They made it for at least one week. If so, you started the Bears or the Giants, buy yourself a lottery ticket. Yeah, yeah, you because, need. Yeah, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah, we need to talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what connection? If do you you're have? that desperate, you're starting those two teams. Yeah, true. Either well. that, or you're the next Matt Barry. <laughs> there you go. All right, so I got duds this week. So I got duds. Um, starting off with quarterbacks, I got Goff. We threw for 53 yeah, he times. Was a big dud. Yeah, he threw 53 times and had zero touchdowns and one interception. But he kind of salvaged his day with the 284 yards. But I mean, from a non-mobile quarterback that doesn't run, it's kind of not enough these days. Right. Um. So, um, Goff is a dud this week. Herbert, um, 17 for 30, 259 yards, one TD, and two interceptions. Um. Obviously. With that Kansas City um, opponent, you would have felt like he would have thrown a little bit more than 30 times, um, just trying to keep up with the offense that KC was displaying. But for for whatever reason, he he went out and scored less points than the Chicago Bears um, rookie <laughs> rookie quarterback. So gosh, who, that's shocking. I know Agent. What yeah, was his name? I don't even know. Yeah, something Agent. Um, but yeah, Herbert is a dud this week. Uh, running back Bijan Robinson. Apparently he, he came in with an illness, so he only had one play. He only had one carry for three yards. So, I was wondering what happened to him. Yeah, apparently he didn't feel too well, so they they held him out for the most for most of the game, and they gave him one one carry in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so if you started him, blame blame Arthur uh, Arthur Smith because yeah. he didn't he did not have uh, Bijan he did not give Bijan a injury designation before the game. So oof. Josh Jacobs again. Josh Jacobs is kind of entering that territory for kind of complete bust that is i know he had like two big weeks um like four four to three weeks ago but throughout the rest of the season he's kind of been mediocre yeah um big time rb fringe rb2 flex play type of type of thing but coming from a from a position where you where you drafted him probably pretty high um obviously he led the league in rushing yards last year so um 11 rushes for 35 yards and one reception for six yards, especially with that Oakland offense, not really having a focal point. You would kind of hope Josh Jacobs would have um, taken over as the focal point there, but nope, not having so far. Uh, wide receivers, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. <laughs> one reception for five yards. Yeah. Lattimore shut him down. Yep. It's just one of those things where, yeah, Lattimore, you have to see who they're matching up with on, uh, I guess with their cornerback, Marshall Lattimore has a very good history against who, who he matches up with, especially Mike Evans and, and whatnot. But um, if you have any even sort of hint of a of a of a shutdown corner, and more so if your wide receiver is kind of struggling going into the game, you know, I, I'd probably just bench them all together. I know I did in one league. So Kevin Ridley was was a bust. Amari uh, Cooper, two receptions for twenty two yards. Um, Honestly, I, I expect a full rebound with that, even yeah, with PJ too. Walker uh, coming in. PJ Walker still gave him eight targets. Yep. Um, or Deshaun Watson and PJ Walker combined gave him eight targets. I mean, targets are there. It's just about accuracy and and getting him the ball more effectively. Um, but if Deshaun Watson plays, um, you should expect higher numbers. But if PJ Walker plays, I feel like they should have it's a toss up. Yeah, they they should 
at least develop some sort of connection, especially with these two weeks that PJ Walker's kind of stepped in into that starting role. And then Cooper Cup, um, two receptions for 29 yards. He had seven targets. So I wouldn't uh, dwell too much into it, but it's definitely going to be an interesting um, dynamic between him and Puka the rest of the year. Who's going to get the bulk of the of the targets? Who's going? Who, but it's going to depend on what the defenses uh, do and who they want to shut down, really. So it's <laughs> play them at your own mercy type of thing. Um, tight end, I only got one written down, and that's Cole Komet. He got nothing. Not even a target. Goose egg. Goose egg. Nothing. Okay. He, did he even play? I have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not 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 on the stat sheet. Okay. So Cole Komet. And then defensive special teams. I, I put the Lions here, even though they had a tough matchup against the Ravens. I still put the Lions here because if you put up negative seven points. Oh, my goodness. You're going to be put on this list. I'm yeah. sorry. But, yeah. And then the Bills. Um, Obviously, they came in with a very good matchup yeah. on paper. Shocking. Um, But they let up uh, season high points to the Patriots and scored a single point. So, that's – yep. Okay. Those are mine. Um. I'm going to call an audible here real quick, Jeff, and and part of our fantasy football segment. We're going to we're going to talk about our trade that we made. Oh no. Um okay. so well, that's fine. Every year Jeff and I are good for at least at least one trade. Yeah. Um and normally normally he he gets me. Normally <laughs> normally he he it's a little unfair. Okay, I'm just going to just going to throw that out there. But I finally feel like I have a tr- we had a trade uh-huh. where I made out on the better end of this. Okay, so I want this. I know you did. Yeah. Okay. No, right. I know the the reason I made this trade. All right. Here, let's go over the trade first. Okay. So I traded you Kirk Cousins. Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Yep. And Amari Cooper. Yep. And you gave me uh, Jared Goff. Yep. And Kenneth Walker the third. Yep. So the reason I made this trade was because I am desperate for a running back in this league. I I am I I've been having absolutely zero um output from that position from either running back one running back two position I can't even remember who I drafted for to be my RB one in that league to be honest with you um I, I don't know if I lost to, to injury or who it was but I have to look back on that but yeah I I've been desperate for RB one on in that league and Kenneth Walker is a top ten running back yep um. So I, I have Sam Laporta at tight end, so I kind of I could afford to lose Travis Kelsey. Um, obviously, Travis Kelsey decides to put up thirty-five points or whatever it is on the first week. I I I, I traded him, so obviously it doesn't it doesn't look good short-sightedly. I admit. Yeah, I when you when you texted me, you're like, "Hey, I want to do this." I was reading it to I think it was my dad. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something here. Oh because, no, I, I needed I needed QB too. I feel yep. like. I feel like it's an obvious like take the deal right now sort oh, of absolutely. thing, and, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, you need to accept that trade." Yeah. Um. So yeah, you guys can let us know what you think. If it was one sided, if it was fair, if Jeff still somehow managed to get one over on me. Here, here, here's my long term analysis. Okay. Here, let me give it to you right here, and this is just straight hypothetical. Travis Kelsey has been more prone to injuries this year than he has in previous year. Obviously, you have the hyperextended knee. Um, pre-week one, um, and then you had that little ankle ankle sprain uh, scare last week or the week prior. Um, so it's I feel like he's getting a little a little lucky with injuries this year. Um, so so you're I, banking on him being injured. I'm banking on 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 that, and then Kirk Cousins. He hasn't been the same since Justin Jefferson. 
uh, took off. That's very true. So uh, he is not my long term plan at quarterback. Right. He's more of a stop. I even actually picked up Kyler Murray for when oh, he did come, you? for when he comes back. Okay. Because he's kind of going to be my plan, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. So I I needed somebody else besides Kirk Cousins and uh and um. I, I like I said, Derek I have Sam Porta. Yeah, Derek Carr. Um, over there, even though Derek Carr scored more points than Jared Goff this week. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop. All right. So I just wanted to go over that because I felt like that fit well into our yeah, fit well for who fantasy football. Unbelievable. Segment. Humble brag. Humble brag. Uh, um, all right. So we're gonna finish the show. <laughs> we'll talk week seventeen. Yeah, we'll finish the show with our picks. Um, another humble brag. We are officially tied. Oh, we're tied now. Yep. So last week I went one and one. Mm-hmm. Um, my lock was the uh, actually did I? <laughs> <laughs> Who did I pick last week? Uh, no, Browns over the Colts. Yeah. So okay. I, so I picked the Browns. Oh, you, you got you skipped with yes, that one. Yes. Yep. I got lucky with my lock. <laughs> um, Browns over the Colts, and then my upset was the Chargers over the Chiefs, which obviously didn't happen. Right. Um, so that puts me at eight and six for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, you picked. Stand by, people. Um, you picked the Bills over the Pats as your lock, which didn't happen. Where you go, Buffalo? And then the Lions over the Ravens, which definitely didn't happen. Where you go, Detroit? Um, so you were zero and two last week, so that puts you from eight and four to eight and six. So we are tied up, my friend. That hurts my heart. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm sure it does. All right, so go ahead with uh, with your your predictions for next week. All right, so upset. I got the Vikings over the Packers. Um, I'm not. Too confident on this anymore after you just said I went on to. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I feel like neither of these fan bases should be confident either. So we'll line up with it. No All confidence right. going. Right. We're going Let's with it. it. And then the, my uh, lock, I got the Dolphins over the Pats. Pat- Patriots. You're a ballsy guy for picking the for picking against the Pats two weeks in a row. I'm trying to kick him and while he's down, and he kind of kicked me. Especially after they just beat you. I know. Or they beat the team that you picked. I know. Bill Belichick, if you're watching this, and this is the reason you won this week, huh, do it again. Double down, dog. So, um, Dolphins over the Pats. I, I Obviously, the Patriots aren't that good of a football team, so I can't. Them winning two in a row against the Bills and the Dolphins, no way. That no, would be, no, stop it. Stop yeah, it. that would be just, crazy. Just enough. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm on board with that. So for my lock, I have the Ravens over the Cardinals, uh, which scares me because I feel like it's a classic letdown game for Ravens the Ravens. Ravens Cardinals. Okay. Um, but that's my lock nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And then my upset is Bucks over the Bills. Thursday night football, short week after a tough loss. Bills are seven and a half point favorites. Um, I'm, I've been high on Tampa Bay, even though they lost today. Um, I, I still think that this is a game where, where Baker could come in and really expose that defense with Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a realistic upset. You were smiling. So what, what are what do you have to say? <laughs> I'm just laughing because like how I pick on the Pats. I think you pick on the bills quite a bit too. <laughs> Obviously you, you had the bills at your lock over the giants, but throughout that whole week you were like, I, Oh, I, I feel guessing like it. you were second guessing the entire year. And I was, I mean, I was almost pretty much right, uh-huh. but, um, and then, yeah, this this week with the uh, yeah, yeah, I, like I think we have our our kind of like our um, if, kicking bodies. If that nothing like else, to... that line really shocks me. Seven and a half point favorites after they just lost to the Pats it's, over yeah, the Bucks. Opening line, um, probably that's surprising. Know. But um, all right, so those are our picks. Those that's the show. Um, we shook things up a little bit this week. So let us know if you guys enjoyed or what you thought. Hopefully you enjoyed it um, with doing contenders versus pretenders instead of mm-hmm. um, our overreactions. So. Um, 
yeah, we will see you next week for week eight. The Jets are back off a bye. They have the Giants next week, mm-hmm. technically the visiting team, but obviously it's a home game. They share right. a stadium. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then who do the Saints have? They have the Colts, I think. They have Indy, right? Yeah. Yep. I, yep. I believe they're in Indy, too. So winnable game with Gardner Minshew, although he looked pretty good against the tough Browns defense today. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, and we will recap it all for you guys next week. Hopefully we're both decked out in our gear. Yeah. Or right? in tears. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that too. Huh. Or there'll be a box of tissues like right here. Yeah, three and five. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the show. Um, we will see you guys next week. Go Diamondbacks. Go Diamondbacks. Peace out. Thanks for listening to What Did They Know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.